Precious name, we have worshipped. Hallelujah. I want us, before we sit down, to thank God for the rains. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We've been praying for the rains and the rains are coming. May we lift our voices and bless the Lord. Lift your voice and give God thanks. Father, we are thankful this morning for the rains. We are grateful to you for the rains. We bless you, Lord. We thank you for the rains. We thank you for the rains. We thank you for the rains. your name we thank you Lord for the rains wonderful God we thank you for the rains we bless you we give you praise we love you Lord we bless your name thank you mighty God in Jesus precious name we have given thanks hallelujah father Touch me this morning by your spirit. Touch me this morning by your spirit. Lift your voice and pray. Lift your voice. Pray for your touch. Touch me spiritually. Touch me financially. Touch me maritally. Touch me in career. Touch me in the works of my hands. Lord, I pray for your touch. I pray for your touch this morning. Lord, may you touch me. May you touch me by your spirit. Father, I pray for your touch upon my life. May you touch me by your spirit even this morning. Touch me by your spirit in the name of Jesus. We bless your name. We give you thanks. Lord, reach out to us with your touch by your spirit. Thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. Somebody is receiving a divine touch here today in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, if you're one of them, can I hear your loudest shout of amen? amen. Hallelujah. Please clap your hands again for Jesus. And you may be seated. Welcome each and advance to this early morning service. What a privilege God has given us again that we can assemble in his presence. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I want to share with us in this service on a message that I have entitled The Mission of the Holy Spirit on Earth. The mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. Why was the Holy Spirit given? Why did he come here on earth? And I want to start by saying that the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. He was given to us as a special gift from God. Of course, he is God himself, but the Godhead decided that after Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit should come down on earth for specific assignments, specific objectives. In Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 39, 
Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 39. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse number 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is why I said that the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. He's a gift. He was given to us as a special gift. A special gift. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Holy Spirit was given. That is why it should be of interest to all of us as believers to find out why he was given. Because God never does anything without a specific objective, without a specific purpose. The Holy Spirit who was given to us was given as a special gift for specific purposes. Special purposes. Special purposes. Praise the name of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse number 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse number 8. The Bible says, therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So please take note of that, that the Holy Spirit is God's special gift to the church. And another important reminder which may sound obvious, but it's very important, is the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. This is something that should be well understood by all of us. Children of God must understand that the Holy Spirit who was given to us actually abides in us. He dwells inside of us. He dwells inside of us I'm I'm not sure whether we are really all conscious and fully clear and aware about this matter. That the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Meaning that wherever you go, in whatever you do, you must remember that the Spirit of God is aware of what you are doing. He's aware of where you are going. He's aware of what you are saying because he dwells inside of you. The Spirit of God. Can you imagine if we all operated in the full awareness and consciousness of the fact that the Spirit of God dwells in us, we would be very careful about what we do in life, about what we say and the decisions we make. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. Close your eyes, lift your right hand and shout, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Say it again, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of me. The Holy Spirit lives in me. Amen. That's a powerful truth. Because it should bury away any kind of fears and sometimes worries that we carry in our lives. As if God is not with us. The Holy Spirit abides in us. He dwells inside of us. He is in me. As I'm talking to you right now, and as you are listening to me, the Holy Spirit is inside of us. Oh my God. Somebody lift your right hand again. This time, don't close your eyes. <laughs> Amen. Lift your right hand and say, the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I'm not alone. I am with the Holy Spirit. The Almighty God abides in me by His Spirit who dwells in me. Hallelujah. I mean, we saw that in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Romans chapter 8 
and verse number 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He's not operating from outside. He dwells in me. He dwells in me. I am his headquarters. I am his place of abode. I am his house. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? And that the spirit of God dwells in you. Do you not know? The challenge many people have is that they do not know. And knowledge here is not anything to do with just head knowledge. He's talking about living in the reality of it. Living in the revelation of it. The revelation of the fact that the spirit of God dwells in you. Because these people were defiling themselves with idolatry, eating foods that were sacrificed to idols and all kinds of abominations in Corinth. So he's saying, do you not know? Are you not aware? Are you not aware? Don't you have the revelation of the fact that you are the house of God and that the spirit of God abides in you? Verse number 17. He says to them, if anyone defiles the temple of God, they were defiling the temple of God. They were defiling the temple of God. They were living in sin. So he says, do you not know that the spirit of God abides inside of you? Do you not know? Ask your neighbor for me. Do you not know that the Holy Ghost dwells inside of you? In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 14, the same thing. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 14, that good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit. Who dwells where, sir? In us. Who dwells in us. Says that good thing which was committed to you, which was committed to you. It says, keep by the Holy Spirit. Keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. Who dwells in you. Who dwells in you. Who dwells in you. Praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here on earth for a definite mission. A definite mission. He's here on earth for a specific mission. And that is what we want to talk about very briefly in this service. The mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. I have quite a number of these aspects of the mission of the Holy Spirit on earth. But in this service, we'll focus on one in the interest of time. And that is to carry out God's salvation agenda in the earth. To execute God's salvation agenda in the earth. Put differently, the Holy Spirit was sent among other missions and purposes to carry out the evangelistic agenda of heaven. To carry out the evangelistic program of the almighty God. And that is why in the Bible he is called the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. Evangelism is impossible without the Holy Spirit. Please understand this so in us. You cannot talk of winning souls to Jesus without the central participation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he is the Lord of the harvest. The Lord of the harvest. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 to 38. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse number 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. 
verse number 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but laborers are few. Verse number 38, what did he say to them? Therefore pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers into his harvest. That Lord of the harvest there is the Holy Spirit. He is the Lord of the harvest. Without him, there will be no harvest of souls. Without him, the salvation that Jesus came to give us will not be possible. He is the one who executes it. He is the one who implements the salvation program of heaven. The salvation of mankind. The salvation of sinners. I mean, the master said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's the one who said, I will send you another comforter. He's the one who is going to carry out the mission that I have accomplished on the cross. Praise the name of Jesus. I said, praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. The question is, in what ways does the Holy Spirit carry out this mission? In what ways does the Holy Spirit carry out the lordship of the harvest? How does he execute God's salvation agenda in the earth? Number one, he empowers the believers for effective evangelism. He empowers the believers for effective evangelism. The Bible speaking in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, the Bible says, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, without the Holy Spirit, there is no power. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no power. There is no power. There is no dunamis. There is no divine energy for anything without the Holy Spirit. And he says, when this power comes upon you, you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the ends of the earth. You cannot carry out evangelism effectively, successfully, without the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Without the empowerment of the Spirit of God. Now, we know from Matthew 28... Verses 18 to 20, Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, that Jesus taught them that all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then in verse 19, he gave them an assignment. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And to the same people, Jesus said, Luke 24, verse 48, Luke 24, verse 48. He said to them, you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49. Now hear this. Verse 49. Behold, I sent the promise of my father upon you. Now, these are the same people that he has talked to. He said, you are witnesses of these things. And you shall go and make disciples of all nations. But he said to them in verse number 49, but Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Until you are endured with power from on high. And he makes it clear like in that Acts chapter 1 verse number 8. He says this power shall be transmitted unto you by the Holy Ghost. He says but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. That is, you shall be empowered to make disciples of all nations. Beloved, in our efforts to win souls to Jesus, let us not leave the Holy Spirit behind. Because there is nothing we can achieve in the work of soul winning, in the work of evangelism, without the active participation, the central involvement of the Holy Spirit in the matter, in the exercise of soul winning. I hope it is making sense. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. Beloved, God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm sure you know that. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 4 to 5, if not 3 to 4. And that work cannot be done without the empowering of the Spirit of God. We need to be empowered. We need to be empowered. We need to be empowered. Look at this. 
In Acts chapter 4, let's start from verse number 29. Acts chapter 4, verse number 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats. These were the apostles praying, the early church praying. They started this prayer session from verse number 23, but we are reading verse 29, going into 30 and 31. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Verse number 30. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Verse number 31. Now hear this. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was what? Shaken. And they were all filled with who? The Holy Spirit. And what was the result? They spoke the word of God with what? Boldness. Some people lack the boldness to win souls because they are not properly endued with power. You cannot have this power and not be bold to speak on behalf of Jesus. You cannot have this power and not be bold to speak on behalf of Jesus. He says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. You can't receive this power and not be a witness unto Jesus. Because when this power comes, it gives you boldness. Boldness to speak the word of God. Boldness to approach people with the gospel of salvation. And I see you doing it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Number two. What are the specific roles that the Holy Spirit will play in carrying out the salvation agenda of heaven in the earth? Number one, he empowers the believers for effective evangelism. Number two, he brings conviction upon the sinners. He brings conviction upon the sinners. John chapter 16, verses 8 to 11. John chapter 16, verses 8 to 11. He brings conviction. He brings conviction. And when he has come, Talking about the Holy Ghost, can we start from verse number 7? Verse number 7. The Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper, with capital H, meaning the Holy Ghost, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. What is he going to do when he comes? Verse number 8. The Bible says, And when he has come, he will convict he will convict. Nobody comes to the place of conviction. That is to the place of being aware of their sinfulness and to see the need to repent without the Holy Spirit. You cannot be convicted on your own. No. You cannot be convicted on your own. It takes the Holy Spirit to carry out the work of conviction. That is to make you aware of your sinfulness. And to point you to Jesus as your savior. Who can take sin away from you. It was John who said in John 1 and verse 29. John 1 and verse 29. He said behold the lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world. Who takes away the sin of the world. But the world cannot repent unless it is convicted. And there is no conviction without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this should also inform prayer warriors on how they pray for sinners and the work of evangelism. Don't pray wrong prayers. This is how to pray. Father, we are praying that the Holy Ghost will convict sinners. As we go for soul winning and as we are speaking the word of God to them, we pray that on the premise of the word they will be receiving, they shall be convicted of sin. Of righteousness and of what? Judgment. They'll be convicted of sin. They'll become aware of their sinfulness. And they'll desire righteousness in order to escape divine judgment. Praise the name of Jesus. As we speak to them, let them begin to desire the righteousness of God. 
Let them, let them divorce their sins. Let them desire to get rid of their sin. And let them desire to embrace righteousness so they can escape divine judgment because there's divine judgment coming against every sinner. Against every sinner. No matter how beautiful and handsome that sinner is, there's judgment. There's judgment. There's ju People must escape judgment. People must desire righteousness. As a result, they must get rid of sin. 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 Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for what? Righteousness. For they shall be what? <laughs> huh? If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, what are you going to get? You shall be what? Huh? You shall be filled. Do you read your Bible? Ask one, but do you read your Bible? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. They shall be what? Glory to God. It brings conviction. Conviction. But I want us to know that this conviction goes beyond just the issue of salvation. Amen? Even us that are already born again, for us to actually say, Lord, please, I have sinned. I have lied. To see that need after you have sinned, to see that need to come before God in repentance, to offer a prayer of consecration, it is also as a result of the convicting ministry of the Spirit of God. So he's the one who keeps us righteous. He empowers us for holy living. Having been born again, he goes on to continue convicting us in case we have missed the mark. Because to sin means to miss the mark. To miss the mark. So in case as a believer you miss the mark, he is there to make you aware of it. To make you aware of it. To make you aware of it. Boy, you have missed the mark here. Come back, come back, come back. That is when you say with tears, Lord, please have mercy. I didn't mean to do it that way. Please have mercy upon me. That takes the ministry, the conviction ministry of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1. 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 1. What does it say? My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse number two. And he himself is a preparation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Look at this, verse number one. It says, my little children... These things I write to you that you may not what? Sin. You may not sin may mean that there is a possibility that you can sin, but that is not an allowance to sin. If it does happen, it is the Spirit of God who will convict you, make you aware of your missing the mark, of your sinfulness at that point. And he will drive you back to the Father. He will drive you back to the Father. And that is why in 1 John chapter 1 and verse number 9. 1 John chapter 1 verse number 9. The Bible says if we confess our sins. But you don't come to this place of confession without the conviction of the Spirit. And having been convicted, if you still decide to resist the conviction, that is why some people continue in sin. It's not that they are not being convicted, but it's because they are resisting the conviction. They don't want to surrender to the conviction of the Spirit, to be able to confess their sins. And when we do, the Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. Number three. What else does the Spirit of God do 
and carrying out the salvation agenda in the earth. Let's take this as a process for the sake of clarity and understanding. Number two, he brings conviction. So let's look at a sinner here, somebody who is not born again, who is convicted, and as a result of that conviction, he surrenders his life to Jesus. He confesses Jesus as Lord and personal Savior. What next will happen to him? Point number three, the Holy Spirit produces what we call rebirth and regeneration. He's there to reborn us, to rebirth us, to regenerate us, to renew our spirits. You remember the kind of thing that God spoke by prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 36. He says, I shall take away from you the heart of what? Stone, and I shall give you the heart of flesh. Who carries that out? The Holy Ghost. And that is the process of regeneration. He takes away the stony heart. He gives us the heart of flesh, the heart that is submissive or submitted to God. We need to look for that verse. Ezekiel 36. Is it verse number what? 25 to 26. Ezekiel 36 Verses 25 to 26, let's look at it. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Somebody shout, I am cleansed. And then he says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That is the work that the Spirit of God carries out in a spiritual exercise or process called rebirth and regeneration. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. The Bible says in verse number 3, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Now verse number four. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, verse number five, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That is God taking away that stony, sinful heart from us, taking it away and giving us the heart that is submitted and yielded unto his spirit. Praise the Lord. It says, through the washing of regeneration. Can we have it in New International Version? New International Version. This verse number five. It says, he saved us through the washing of what? Rebirth. And renewer by the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout, I am renewed. I say it again, I am renewed. I that is to say I'm no longer under the siege of sin. Not at all, sir. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because I did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But I received the spirit of adoption by whom I cry, Abba Father. Abba Father. Praise the name of Jesus. That is Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 15. Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out. Abba. Father. Abba. Father. And I do it without any sense of guilt because I was renewed. I was regenerated. I'm no longer the same old man. No, this is a new man you are looking at. The one preaching to you is a new man. And the people I'm preaching to are new people. Praise the name of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? A new creature. Or a new creation. One of a kind that was not there before. And that is as a result of the regeneration ministry, the renewing ministry, the rebirthing ministry of the Spirit of God. 
Ask your neighbor, are you getting anything here? If you can understand this, your struggles will not be many in life. <laughs> if you can understand this, your struggles will not be many. Your struggles will not be many. So many people are struggling in life because they think they are on their own. They think they are dealing with a distant God who is staying, I don't know whether he's in Alaska or I don't know where. Beloved, the Spirit of God is inside of you. He's inside of you. I said he's inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, here it is. Number four. Number four. The Holy Spirit sets us free from the power of sin and death so we can be holy. Once we are regenerated, he liberates us. He sets us free from the power of sin and death so we can live holy lives. So we can live holy. He sets us free. He delivers us from what we are calling the power of sin and death. The power of sin and death. That is why having been born again, you see that you no longer want to do the kind of things you used to do. No, it's not because of your willpower. Yes, of course, there is an element of decision in it. But principally, it is the work of the Holy Spirit. He literally and practically delivers you from the horde of sin and death. That tells you something. That those who sin don't just sin because they like it. They sin because they are enslaved by a law of sin and what? Death. Because the master said, he who commits sin is a slave to that sin. So sinning is a slavery. Why? Because it shows that you have succumbed to a law. To a law. A law of sin and death. So what the Holy Spirit does is to rescue the regenerated soul from the power of sin and death. And that way he is empowered to live holiday. How does it work? I'll show you two scriptures, if not three, very quickly. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17. You know this verse. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Liberty. When you get born again, the Spirit of God indwells you. Are we together here? He indwells. There is what we call the indwelling of the Spirit. He comes in you to stay inside of you. Which is very important because Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. The Bible says, <laughs> says now if anyone, the second part of this, does not have the spirit of Christ. He is not his. So he has to indwell you at the time of your salvation because at that point you now belong to Jesus and you can only be said to belong to Jesus if you have the spirit of Christ. Am I talking to you now? Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So the spirit of Christ must enter you. Now, I remember in the teaching that pastor here gave us last Sunday, he, he told us that the Holy Spirit is also called the spirit of Christ. Am I right? Some of you, and maybe you were in the second service or third or fourth. So you don't know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit has got many names. He's got the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Father. He is also called the Eternal Spirit. And indeed, the Spirit of Christ. 
the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ. Are we together here? And the Bible says, he who does not have the spirit of Christ, that is in him. He does not have the spirit of Christ in him. He is not his. And you cannot have the spirit of Christ in you unless you are born again. And when you are born again, he indwells you. Hallelujah. So when he indwells you, hear this, you become the place where the spirit of the Lord is. Uh, is it making sense? You become now. So if I have the spirit of the Lord inside of me, the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there must be what? Liberty. That is why captivity is not permitted in my life. That is why the truth I gave you earlier is a big truth. That the spirit of God dwells where? Inside of you. Because where he is, there must be what, sir? Liberty. There must be liberty. Sickness must be knocked down. Poverty must be knocked down. Stagnation must go where the spirit of the Lord is. And in this atmosphere where we are, the spirit of God is here. Therefore, if you came to this place with any kind of bondage, that bondage is melting now. I said that bondage is melting right now. I said that bondage is melting right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Please, can I hear a loud shout of amen? I said a loud shout of amen. Hallelujah. Now, Romans, this chapter. Chapter 8, let's look at verse number 1 going into 2. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 to 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. But according to the Spirit. So, in the house of God, there are two categories of people. Two categories of Christians. Two categories of those who are in Christ Jesus. Number one, there are those who walk according to the flesh. And then there are those who walk according to the spirit. Ask your neighbor, which category are you? So those, hear this, who are in Christ Jesus, but walk according to the flesh are called carnal, carnal Christians. Have you ever heard of carnality? That is, that is what it is. You are born again, but you are operating according to the what? To the flesh. If a pastor makes a statement that seems to attack you, in your mind you say, they is attacking me, you become angry. Carnality. When pastor was preaching, he was always looking at me. He was, I don't understand this. I will not come again. Carnality. Something's wrong at home. You have a, a misunderstanding with your wife or with your husband. You will not be talking to one another for 17 weeks. Carnality. You are operating according to the flesh. You are operating according to the flesh. You are operating according. You are very much in Christ. Only that your life is in crisis. Because you are operating according to the flesh. And then there are those who are in Christ Jesus and they also walk according to the spirit. Tell your neighbor, that is me. <laughs> I'm not just in Christ, sir. I am operating according to the spirit. I'm operating according to the spirit. Now, here it is. I'm looking for verse number two. Verse number two. The Bible says, for the law of the spirit of life now, this is showing us, let's get back to verse number one. It is showing us why those of us that are in Christ Jesus, we no longer walk according to the flesh. Rather, we walk according to the spirit. It is because something has happened to us. And it is in verse number two. So let's look at verse number two again. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of what? Sin and death. That is why I can't drink. I don't even have what in our language they call Chibaba. Why? 
Jesus knocked it down by the law of the spirit of life. <laughs> now, if as a believer you still have these longings, inclinations to do wicked things, to do ungodly things, you need to yield to this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It will set you free totally from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. You can't operate by the law of the spirit of life and in, of the spirit of life in Christ and be angry with your spouse, angry with your brother, your sister for two weeks. No. 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 It means there is something wrong. You have not yielded to the law of the spirit of life in Christ, which is there to frustrate the law of sin and death. Ask your neighbor, is it making sense? What are they saying? Hallelujah. Now hear this. Not only that. Number five. The Holy Spirit washes and sanctifies us. Did you know that? That the Holy Spirit washes and sanctifies us. That is why we are called holy. <laughs> we are called holy. Since the day you got born again, you have been holy. When Jesus looks at you, he sees holiness. Why? Because of the washing and the sanctifying ministry of the Spirit. Because of the washing and the sanctifying ministry of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. What does it say? And such were some of you. <laughs> He's talking about, can we get to verse number 9? Or, yeah, verse number 6. Let's start from verse number 6. I wanted to see something. But brother goes to law against brother. And that before unbelievers. Verse number 7. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? Verse number eight. No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat. And you do these things to your brethren. Verse number nine. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals. Somebody shout homosexuals. You see, homosexuals shall not inherit the kingdom of What is this nonsense you're talking about? Homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God unless they get born again and stop their homosexual foolishness. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. All these will not enter. Verse number 10, hear this. No thieves. Don't that steal from government, steal from their workplaces are part of them. Says they will not enter, sir. No covetous, no drunkards, no revelers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now hear this, verse 11. Says, and such were some of you. He says, some of you used to be homosexual. Sodomites, drunkards, humanizers, and manizers. <laughs> but something happened to you. When you got born again, something happened to you. You were what? Washed. But you were also what? Sanctified. And then you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you were also washed, sanctified, and justified by the spirit of our God. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> hey! Praise the name of Jesus. I said praise the name of Jesus. I am washed. I am what? Washed. I am Actually it says I was. I was. So if you are still living... In those things that you saw me do 20 years ago, you are mistaken because I was what? Washed. I know this guy. 
uh, how can he be preaching like this? We know what he did in, in 2010. We know, hey, 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 hey. I was what? Washed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those that have been discussing your story, they shall see your glory. I said, they shall see your glory. Because you were washed, and then you were sanctified, and then you were justified. Nobody is permitted to condemn you. I said, nobody is permitted to condemn you. I said, nobody is permitted to condemn you. Now, did you read Romans chapter 8, verse number 31? I want you to see this. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Verse number 32. Verse number 32. Okay, verse number 33. Read it. One, to go, everybody. Who shall bring a charge against elect? It is God who justifies. Says, who can give or bring a charge against you? Somebody shout, I am the elect of God. Nobody can bring a charge against me. Because I am washed. I am sanctified. And I am justified. By the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. Rise on your feet. Glory be to God. Celebrate him everyone. Lift your voice. Give him thanks. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Worship him. Worship him. Worship him. Bless him, everyone. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Give the Lord a mighty, mighty shout of praise. Mighty shout of praise. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now may the Lord bless you. May he give you peace. Success and prosperity. All around dominion. All around prosperity. All around health. All around favor. All around promotions. All around testimonies. In the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. I said in the name of Jesus. This is your week of testimonies. It is your week of breakthroughs. And come on open doors. Victories on every side. And your life will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 23 and verse number 6. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. God bless you.